Hello, this is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast coming to you once again from the uh, studios at DTM Enterprises, my little wood shop in the backyard. Uh, today we have another special guest. Frank has came into uh, come, has come in to tell his story today. Uh, I know bit, known Frank pretty good. I've known him from uh, the time I walked in the door, and he's uh, been an open. We've spent time together in and outside of our normal meeting spots and uh, i've gotten to watch him so I, I i know him pretty well although i do not really know i haven't heard him speak and tell his story before uh before we get into that let me quickly point you to uh spiritualunderground.org that is where you can see show notes uh you can see pictures of the of the uh, guests uh links to the podcasts and also a contact me page there so that you can uh, get a hold of me and let me know if there's something that you might uh, have any questions or if you want to be on the podcast and I encourage the feedback, too. I can't get any better at this unless people uh, give me some feedback about uh, whether if it's uh, if they like it or don't like it or what might change, what I might do different. Um, the music wrapped around the podcast is by Darren Frank. Uh, most of you guys will know that, but if this is the first time you're here, and I want you to know that. And uh, also go out to Amazon and get James Christopher Cohn's 12-Step Spiritual Recovery. We call it tssr it is the 12 steps built for everyone uh my my life was revolutionized when i came through the steps uh we really sit around and go that uh you hear all the time that we wish that everybody had mm -hmm. these principles in their lives and now it is available uh and made in a way that you don't have to have the normal -ism. so once again james christopher cone 12 step spiritual recovery on amazon and you can get a hard copy of it or on kindle so with uh with that behind us um we will get started here welcome to the show frank thank you thanks for having me yeah man it'll be fun i uh looking forward to it it's warming up out here though and i've been uh running a heater most of the time the right. podcast has been going on in the cold weather so i warm up the shop yeah, yeah, and I then i turn off the heater so we don't hear it but like it's warm today and i look at the thermometer over there and it says 86 degrees outside and it's 76 in here and uh, I think maybe they can hear the air conditioner, but I'm not going to worry about it. I want, right, uh, right. I'm going to, I'm going to run it until, uh, until it becomes an issue. Um, so most of the time we start out, what I usually ask a person is, what is their sobriety date? That was a monumental day for me, right? And and most of us, and uh, then we will just begin our conversation and go from there. Okay, sounds great. Um, How'd that happen? That was, I don't know. That was a. Uh, I will spiritual intrusion there. Yeah, no doubt. My, uh, my YouTube just decided to start playing and leave and take off on the podcast that I was listening to previous. Right, right. <laughs> Close all these apps. So we'll get back so, to that. Sobriety date. So my sobriety date is April 2nd, 2013. Second, which uh, was one month ago from tomorrow. One month ago from tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So six years six years celebrated and uh you would have celebrated with us last night but you bumped out to next month right um and that's good too I, you know i'm in a marriage with somebody else in in recovery we met in recovery and and um so she's doing her birthday and we kind of take turns to play around with that and and uh, but that's really important to me yeah uh, and uh I, I saw no reason not to skip it so i could be there and experience that with her yep yep real cool uh interesting you both have april birthdays too that's yeah i didn't know that yeah oh that's right that's true yeah well if she's celebrating now yeah right? yeah 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 oh we oh us too i thought you meant you do no okay. no no you and yeah, her yeah no it, yeah it's kind of weird it's kind of funny yeah so 
because bottle groups celebrate the end of the month and right and and, and then I guess that there's actually a few things aligned there you know between being april that apparently your home groups are on the same night of the week right right uh, that probably works out really well most of the time because you go do your thing on tuesdays and she goes and does her thing on tuesdays uh, until birthday time comes around it's never a conflict exactly and it's, it's almost it's, it's funny because actually her meeting is like less than a mile from my home group oh is it and it's the pure coincidence I and mean, we didn't yeah. we didn't pick if you believe spots. in those things no i oh i don't i yeah. absolutely do yeah yeah. yeah i don't think there's a uh former sponsor used to always say there's no waste in god's economy yeah and i find that to be absolutely true yeah that you is know. cool i love it when things align like that that's a uh, neat neat so. neat where do you want to start? Well, I think, you know, in my at the story, end, at the end, yeah. I was going to start at the very beginning. <laughs> but I, I will say, you know, just uh, kind of heads up, my tor- stories tend to go uh, Tarantino style. So you'll be in one period of time. We might switch to another. Yep. That's, just, that's just how it goes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and, this you know, goes the way it goes. There's wait. no rules. There's no. Uh, right. Right. You know, um, it would actually be. And I like it that way. I think it's a little organic when we just talk and we just share, and, you know, and you, and you happen to circle around. That's natural. Otherwise, right. if you were like, you know, maybe if I had some timeline scripted over here mm-hmm. where I can keep everything straight. Uh, but then it'd lose some of the flavor. Right. Right. And, and I don't use a script and I, I honestly have not planned. I try to push thoughts out of my head. Yeah. You know, although there are certain things that like I know I got to cover, you know, that I will, I will cover. But, um, you know, that I do like to just play it by ear and just trust that it'll come out as it needs to whether i think it sounds good or not that's the big thing whether i think it sounds good or not yeah you know uh it could sound like crap but still serve a great purpose yeah at least well, to me sound like crap right right yeah so um, yeah we're our own worst critics and all that and oh yeah uh you know another thing with this alignment this true north alignment this compass needle being pointed in the right direction as i walk a path you know and right. i kind of do my course corrections and one other thing is being in the flow of things yeah uh, is that this i've yet to edit a single one of these podcasts right uh they just work right exactly and, uh, exactly and, and that's also a s- signal to me that things are going uh well I'm, I'm every single one of them is uh i have been well the one i released set, uh this past sunday mark was the, the 25th uh, podcast. Wow! And it was, yeah. yeah, I can't believe it's been that many. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Right. And, it just, uh, yeah. and, and not us, and, and no editing. Right, right. I did try to clip out some acorns hitting the roof one time, uh, but I was like, "Yeah, that's a yeah, whatever." Yeah, no, no big deal. So, yeah. So, um, I just want to say I remember back when. I mean, it seems like we met in a coffee shop just to talk around the idea not that long ago. Yeah. So this is really another example of something that's obviously meant to be, and it's happening. Yeah. You know, uh, big time. Yeah. So, um, you know, I want to start out actually with gratitude. And then uh, I think that's just important, you know. Um, and when we're talking, something that I like to say a lot of times about my life now is it's a life that almost didn't happen. Yep. Because uh, I got close to death. Um, in fact, you know, I remember sitting on a couch, you know, and trying to talk to my dead wife, assuming that I was going to be joining her soon. And that's where my intervention basically started. Or that's when what I now call my awakening first began. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of my story, I started out my childhood. You know, there's some things there that I know influenced me. And, you know, I have a lot of opinions, so I try to let you know it's an opinion. But, you know, an opinion I have is that most of us have some kind of traumatic or difficult experiences as a child. You know, and... I uh, agree. 
uh, I, I think that the main theme of mine was that you know, I had a physical problem. Um, I don't know when it showed up, but I started wetting my pants. Uh, not to talk about sleeping, at, you know, not, not a bedtime thing, but I mean, actually during the middle of the day in school. Uh, my parents took me to probably, I don't know how many psychiatrists, psychologists, urologists, you know, everybody else in the world they could find. And everybody said I was just fine. So they were convinced, you know, eventually they got convinced, even though they tried to get help for me, they eventually got convinced that this is all in my head. I'm just doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, it was pretty traumatic. I mean, because I would be in school. And I always wear long shirts so I could cover myself up because I was going to pee. Yeah. And then I'd stand away from people so they couldn't tell. You know, I, I, you know things like that were fun, like dodgeball or PE. I didn't want to run, you know. And um, so, so that, you know, you talk about, we talked about ego and what a huge impact of insecurities that has created in me. Yeah, I can't even imagine. And, and the horrors of talking to people. I mean, I, I was afraid to talk to you close because you might smell, you know. And I did not see an end in sight. Turns out I couldn't help it. But even I, I myself convinced myself I did. So you talk about some self-doubt being indoctrinated into you. Yeah. Not trusting your own instincts or whatever, you know. Yeah. So you just kind of thought you weren't trying hard enough to stop it. You yeah, just. and then I'd lie about it. That's one thing that's really important, too, you know, is that um, dishonesty is definitely a part of my story. And the ability to look at my mom or dad's face and say, no, I'm fine. I'm dry. Sure. And, I mean, if, if I could convince them, then it was true. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So, so if you bought the lie, that lie becomes reality. Yeah. That had uh, been rough. I can't. Yeah. It, it, you know, I, looking back. Other kids are horrible when it comes to, you know, well, the, the, the find your button. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just poke it and poke it and poke it. Well, and, and what's amazing in my memory is it seems like I got away with it an awful lot, which is a hard thing to get away with, which wow. tells you how skilled I became in covering shit up. Yeah, yeah. No doubt, another uh, another addict alcoholic skill is uh, absolutely yeah, hiding it and secrets and covering covering our bases. Right, you know, and even though it wasn't my fault, you know, to this day, like a fifth step was was a relief to actually say out loud, "I wet my pants when I was a kid." Yep, you know, and several other things too. I may not go into all of them, but stuff that I did this was just like so freeing. It's amazing, you know. Uh, because even though it was long gone and all of that, there was still, I think, deep in my subconscious, still had guilt and still had all that kind of stuff going on, you know. And I can't tell you how beautiful it is to lose some of that. Yeah. Um, they ended up finding out what was wrong, you know. And I had surgery, and it was, uh, you know, a really a very painful surgery. Uh, I was 10 years old. You know, the one thing I remember is my grandmother. Uh, was there and she just couldn't stand it so I was collecting these little football NFL football helmets I had like two or three of them she went out and bought the whole NFL oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) because she felt so bad about what was happening to me you know so um, but anyway so that's sort of my beginning I guess that's that's what what really uh, so that fixed that that like like boom bang surgery bang and that's the other thing too bang it's gone where did it go what happened you know so then you have it's almost like an amputated leg like where's, you know, that feeling that since to hide, you don't understand that you don't have it. It's yeah. really strange. Yeah. And I remember yeah. that, like being excited about going to school again without it, you know, and um, just felt weird. I still felt like I had to cover stuff up. And I think to some extent, like nerves, I would do stupid shit because I'd be so nervous. 
I would act foolish. Hmm. You know, I mean, it's kind of like a, a, you know, what's in your, what I have learned is what's in your mind is what becomes your reality. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of an unfortunate thing for people who have anxiety. I hate that because if you're thinking about what awful things can happen, that's what you're telling the universe you want. Yeah. Yeah. And they manifest. They, exactly. they come around. Exactly. Yeah. I fully believe that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my first drink and it wasn't my first drink. I was early doing it. I, you know, uh, I don't talk about this a lot, but I, I like had some older cousins that were hippies, you know, and I, I just thought they were the coolest people in the world. Hmm. And I wanted to smoke marijuana early on. I just wanted to be a hippie, you know, because I knew they did that and all this. So my actual first glass of, first alcohol was a glass of wine. And I was probably 10, 11 years old then. Hmm. It didn't do anything for me. Uh, but I remember being 13 years old in the seventh grade at a, at a mixer party in somebody's basement. And a friend of mine brought a half pint of some kind of cheap, you know, bourbon. And uh, we finished it off. And for the first time in my life, with all my insecurities, I was very comfortable talking to girls. I could flirt with them. And so I think at that point in time, it was love at first sight. Right. I mean, yep. It really was. When I, when I saw the power that had on me, and I just felt like I felt so much better than I had ever, I think I'd ever felt in my entire life. Yeah. So, you know. I have the same, same kind of story. That's the, Once that started allowing me to to socialize especially with females but oh, period yeah. it really helped me out on the on both male and females because i felt like i couldn't you know i couldn't be heard right right uh, right and, and then all of a sudden it seemed like i was interesting all of a sudden and other people you know i could i could socialize i could I, sure i could talk about whatever and you know i remember like when i started the seventh grade because of my insecurities and stuff like i didn't get made fun of i was talking about my reality but it becomes my reality like i don't know what it was but like girls would start saying my name and laughing at me and all this stuff in seventh grade which is also just torture yeah by the end of the seventh grade they're talking about how cool i was yeah and alcohol had something to do with that you know actually so i mean you know it uh yeah I, just, I don't see how i couldn't not like it although i did get sick and i can remember stuff like getting sick and still drinking soon you know uh getting in trouble early on with alcohol caught with it no doing things as a result that got you in trouble you got like yeah like uh having somebody call to pick me up in a ditch when i was 15 years old Mm. and then waking up at 11 a.m on a school day not knowing why i was there and to realize that everybody carried me home and i was in a total blackout still don't know everything i did so I mean the the warning signs were everywhere, and I just didn't see them. Yeah, yeah. I I, I wasn't educated in them. Right. I had no idea. Right. Right. So um, so I guess I am kind of going in a, in, in a linear, linear fashion. Linear fashion so far. Just we'll, I, we'll, I, we'll screw that what, up sooner or later. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna see what popped in my head. You yeah. Know, we'll just see how it goes. And, my first drunk was here in this house. Now I drank before then. Yeah. Because uh, I grew up in this same house. Right, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. But uh, in the same dining room table that's in there now was my grandma's, and it's been refinished, and, and then mom and dad had it, and it's still here today. Right, right, uh, right. At the same right. table sitting around playing grown-up. Now, I had drinks before where I didn't drink, you know, didn't get drunk. Like you said, something about a glass of wine. I'd have yeah. a, a drink of dad's beer between getting it and bringing it to him. 
Exactly. Or, you know, my uncle, how always drank whiskey and water, and I he'd give me little sips of that. Uh-huh. So I had this, but the first time I actually had actually the feeling right. was here, and I got sicker than a dog and woke mm-hmm. up the next day and didn't know what happened. And uh, Oh, yeah. You know, my, luckily, my friends had cleaned up behind us. Right, and, uh, right. And, and left it looking just like, you know, just put me to bed. <laughs> And uh, and left and <laughs> cleaned all the garbage out. So <laughs> hey, mom, mom come home and didn't. I, I do. I still can remember shaking me and asking me what's the matter and me telling her I didn't feel good. Right. And she's like, well, okay, get some rest. Right, right. Yeah, see, I, I wasn't that lucky. I, I, I got caught several times. but Well, uh, I got caught later that first yeah. time I didn't. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, and I don't go into a lot of detail. I had all the stuff. I had two car crashes. I uh, never got a DUI. Really? You know, and... Uh, I think that had to do with the lessons I learned on how to con. Because back in the early 80s, when I was in my 20s and getting you know, pulled over in those situations, I could con. And they didn't look into it as much. I remember once totaling a car, sitting in the back of a police car with a cop and with the medic guy, checking out my eyes and making sure I didn't have a concussion. And the, and the one guy, the medic guy, was smiling as big as he could smile like he was about to laugh at me. And I, with that cop in that car, and I left that car, and they never did anything. Mm. You know, um, I had just been almost dying. I remember uh, I used to like to go to the gorge and party, and you know, uh, I, I like this is this is yeah. So I, I took LSD, and and I, I also drank tons. Got in a car, driving around in the gorge with rain, which is about as stupid as you can be, lost control of the car, headed for, for literally for like the left side of the hill. Mm. And somehow or another, I hit something and I, my car flew up and, and hit the embankment on the right side. And we lived. Yeah. So, I mean, it's some close calls there. Yeah. River Gorge is no place to be messing around. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. So. Um, Not drunk and high. No, no. So, you know, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. And, and it's funny because, you know, these weird concepts of alcohol versus drugs versus all this stuff, and I was into all of it. You know, if, if, if it would mess me up, then, you know, maybe feel different or better, I'm, I'm all for it, no consequences. Yeah. I don't care, you know. Yeah, I was an equal opportunity user, <laughs> for sure. Absolutely, yeah. And um, you I actually liked it when somebody would have something that I hadn't done before, you know. Well, let's try oh, that, sure. you know. Where you really ought to be scared, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I almost think you know I'm I'm fortunate that some things didn't come my way, you know. Yeah. But a lot of things did. Yeah. And you know, college was the same way. You know, I went to college and it was just like a. Where'd you go to school at? I went to Murray for two semesters. Uh huh. You know, I ended up putting on probation and I quit. Uh huh. Because I, you know, I, I couldn't put down the drugs. Yeah. You know, and so I I just yeah, um, I got known as a very um. Well, actually, my nickname in college was Captain Quaalude, so that tells you about that experience. Mm. Um, so, and, you know, actually going, well, during that college period and going back some to, uh, you know, my story, uh, spirituality and a spiritual growth has been a huge part of what my recovery has been about. Um, and uh, it's funny because I can remember taking LSD and mushrooms and all of these things and reading uh, Ram Dass books and some yeah. of this stuff. And, you know, I was already really spiritually curious and beginning to read about, you know, some Eastern stuff and things at that age. And it felt, I felt so drawn to it. Hmm. But they didn't, of course, it didn't last. And, and um, 
And I was just talking to my wife about this yesterday, about the LSD. And, you know, what I did was I've learned that, you know, enlightenment kind of comes to you. You take the steps, but it comes to you. It's waiting for you, and it comes to you. From my opinion, again, is that it does that. And what LSD did was it brought it to me right away whether I was ready or not. And then it was gone, and so was the enlightenment. I was back in the shit world. So that's my experience with that, you know, take it or leave it. Um, but I feel like I've gone full circle in a way because now I am actually living the things I was talking about when I was a teenager. Yeah. I mean, that has become the center of my life. I had some really good, interesting, some really interesting experiences on acid and psychedelics. Right. And I wouldn't call them bad. I never no. had any bad ones. I actually had a fantastic time. It's one of my favorite things to do. Right. Uh, it's hard to manage. You yeah. Know, it wasn't like you could, especially like living at home and things like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to oh, be yeah. really careful about doing it. Uh-huh. But you did. But we got good about like setting it a stage for good trips. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and now looking back, you know, I see what that, you know, there was some... You know, some kind of like spiritual experience that went along with a lot right. of those things. I had no idea what was going on. Right, right, right. Because it's pouring alcohol and anything else in you at the sure, same time. Sure, sure, sure. I had to be careful because I could find myself a little bit romancing that today. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I am safely afraid of it. Yeah. You know, and um, safely, you know, I've spent a lot of time letting go of a lot of fears, you know. Um, but one fear I don't want to ever lose is the fear of drugs and alcohol. I want to be afraid of it. Yeah. You know, because um, I have a disease that I know how tricky it is. So. Yeah, it's not, uh, there's, I am, it's not lost on me one second that if I just start doing anything, I will just leave, I will, I will be like a dog on a trail mm-hmm. and, and I will, it'll lead me back to everything. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and like I say, I, I uh, well, and actually this is interesting, this, another thought, you know, I actually had, you know, my story was I was sober for 20 years. Right. You know, and. Um, so like what what kind of time frame would that have been age-wise? Not 92, year, but, yeah. 1992. So about how old were you? Uh, I would have been 31 because it was, you know, my birthday is in July, so that would make it, uh, it was in January. So that would have been, yeah, I was 31 years old. That you got sober the got first sober. time and put together 20 years after that. Yeah, I'm 58 now. That puts things in perspective. Yeah. So, um, and it was good. I mean, it was good sobriety. I felt so much better and a lot of other things. But there was something that was just not there. I mean, and, I, you know, it's, of course, it's easy to say there was something not there because I, I feel like I have a much better recovery. And after relapse, you want to say that you didn't have Something had to be missing. Yeah, it had to be missing. You know, and it was. And um, uh, so, yeah, and I was, you know, basically in treatment, a, a counselor, and we both know who that is. Uh, like, I was just desperately freaked out. You know, uh, I think he said my eyes were like deers and headlights. Like, how the fuck did I end up sitting here this in this bad shape, yellow skin, in a treatment center after 20 years of sobriety? So he spent some time with me, and um, well, the guys never sponsored me. He saved a lot of lives, yeah. and certainly, I have you know the treatment experience I had, and just knowing him today, he has definitely had a major impact on saving my life. You know, and I think it was no accident 
at all that I ended up where I ended up that I had that one group session with him where he said you know took some time aside to this guy needs some help you know and uh, it's one of those other miracles you know yeah. so so what did you what were you how bad was it when you first got sober when like what was going on in your life yeah, in the 30s could, yeah in my 30s 20s and 30s well yeah well, let me go well I answer that and that makes me have to go back um, well you know basically you know it was like the, I've heard it called back problems yep you know I had a job and, yep. and I didn't understand what they were saying they were I was getting all kinds of trouble they were showing the reports of what I wasn't doing and printouts of all these things and all this stuff and uh I didn't understand how probationary it was. I really, that's how, like, in denial I was about everything. And I remember them specifically saying, do you need to take a break? Is there any way you need to go for a while or something? It's like they were trying to say the EAP, but they had no clue what it was. But they were trying to get me to, like, dude, you need to do something here, you know, because you're going to get fired. And um, there was that. And interestingly enough, I, I conned my way out of that to like pristine, no problems, even though my performance didn't get better. Huh. So there you go again, so that conning, which I thought was, a, that's a perfect example actually of a coping skill that worked, that's actually deadly. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, so that was one of them, and it was also my wife was threatening to leave, now my ex-wife. My kids were young, and stuff started happening, like I do remember one time, like I had one, uh, one of my kids was afraid. You know, I was like four, no, uh, six years old, maybe something like that. Seven years old, and, and had a fear of showers, you know, and stuff. Didn't like them. Just really made her upset. So they were sitting in the tub, and I was drunk, and they wanted to turn the tub on. I had to turn the shower on, and I couldn't turn it off. And they're screaming bloody murder. The one kid scaring the other kid, and, and I'm just like trying to mess with this thing, not knowing if it's hot or cold. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. But, you know, the funny thing was, it, all of that, what it took was, on, and I was a New Year's Day guy that time, you know. Uh, uh, a guy, my sister-in-law, my sister-in-law and her husband, my brother-in-law, came over for New Year's Eve, just the four of us. And he was in recovery for a year. And I'm always like, now, I don't have to drink in front of you. I don't need to drink, you know, if you don't, all of that kind of shit. You know, and he just kind of like gave me a look. Um, and he ended up 12 stepping me too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but that night, like, they're all standing around, and I'm like, <laughs> talking. I go outside to light fireworks in, in my, fireworks in my hand, you know, they're taking them out of my hand so my fingers don't blow up, you know, and I didn't remember half of it. I wanted to show them these videos I had recorded, you know, and they weren't playing right, and it was just like, and apparently I couldn't even talk. So it's like, okay, first of all, I didn't tell the story that I had poured the booze out like two days before then I was done, no more alcohol. Oh, yeah. And then because it's New Year's Eve with all sober people, Al-Anon and AA folks in my house, um, here I am, you know, throwing them back. And uh, somehow or another, like my wife, ex-wife, you know, uh, I got to give her a lot of credit. Her willingness to confront me saved my life. Hmm. Um, and I say that I wasn't anywhere near death except that I'd had a couple accidents and, you know, we all know what kind of trail we're on and, the high risk we have um but she had you know i i swore it all off and she did but she was going to leave me and then next thing you know i'm drinking beer i thought that was fine i was just going to have three or four beers and she was like what the hell 
and I thought it was perfectly fine. And then I looked down and saw that beer in my hand and remembered the night before and thought, holy shit, she's right. Yeah. So, and there you go. I called this guy. He 12-stepped me. Hmm. And I saw him, you know, at a recovery meeting where I was telling my story. I hadn't seen him in years. Really? And he showed up to my story. Yeah, I was so, like, what a blessing that was. Yeah. I mean, to see him and talk to him about what's happened and stuff, and he absolutely just ate it up. Juicy yeah. for big-time juice, both of us. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. So this was back in that early 30s, the ni- early 90s. Yeah. This guy, and you've seen him lately. I just saw him again, yeah, wow. I, out of nowhere. Yeah, like I say, well, I went to speak. I was asked to speak at, my, at a sponsee's first year token. You know? uh-huh. Sponsee, I, I, I love the hell out of. I mean, just, you know, I love all of them. Yeah. I really do. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so he was there, and uh, I just loved talking to him, you know. That's very and, cool. And reminding this guy, by the way, dude, you know, even though I relapsed, it's good, it doesn't matter because he got the, the whole concept of recovery that was in me that somehow another snapped out at the last minute again was first planted by him. Yeah. Had he been sober the whole time? Yeah. Wow. A long, long time, yeah. He had never had a relapse. That is cool. Uh-huh. Um, lost free and thought I was going, oh, yes. And, and I, I, I'll go ahead and say this. I'm I, I, careful about it. Because Mac's wife doesn't know this, so I hope she's not hearing it and get her feelings hurt. I mean, we get along great. She's wonderful and all that, so I don't think she would. But, you know, uh, I somehow had the, the idea that if I, like, wore a tie, went to work, came home and had a few drinks, that I wasn't, you know, like, and I wasn't, like, smoking weed or doing anything else much anymore, that I was a respectable citizen and therefore I was fine. I mean, I lived in that lie, you know, started going to multiple liquor stores, though. Because I didn't want somebody to see me buy all that shit in one place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, done that. But, but anyway, so you know, my first marriage, you know, started out. This is an idea why you don't want to get married when you're like blasted all the time. Was a misunderstanding. I really didn't propose. She thought I did, and I didn't have the nerve to tell her I didn't. Yeah. So I went on with it. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. That yeah. is amazing. Yeah, and, as, and you know, it was we we finally like decided to mutually to separate after 20 years it took 20 and years 20 years on this accidental proposal <laughs> yeah to, to yeah. They go, yeah this is not working yeah yeah you know and i understand that's really interesting I, I i you know i see younger guys now with wives that they were with when they got sober and i and uh things have changed so much i don't know how accurate my experience is but i can see that same thing that we dealt with yeah just like turns relationship upside down Totally. Yeah, because you're not the same people anymore, uh-uh. especially the recovered person. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we stuck it out for the kids, and I think, you know, at some point in time, I think we got to where we were arguing so bad all the time, we just couldn't stand each other that we realized, you know, we can't do this anymore. I mean, as much as we want to fight to hold it together and all this stuff, it's just not going to work. It's not working. So, and I, I do think overall there was a level of recovery I was missing. You know, I hadn't delved down as deep as I did this time. On all levels, both in, in my step work and in my spiritual program. So. Yeah, you always have to wonder about uh, when a slip happens. Yeah. And, and what was it? You know, was there some deficiency or was it, you know, what? what you know, yeah. Because I don't think that's always the case. Well, that's uh, not necessarily. Uh, yeah. But but most of the time, you could usually get to something that, that yeah 
Yeah. If you do the work, you can find out, you know, what was still laying there. The scary yeah, yeah, thing right, about right, it is, right. is you don't know that, right? And yeah. so, like, I can be standing here in some level of confidence today with something laying there that I've got no idea about, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and so in my case, you know, I have back problems, you know, and... and uh, and you mean real lower back problems. Yeah, this okay. time I'm not Because you've heard the like, thing, not the back problems, like you got your shit back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got my car well, back, my wife back, my yeah, kids back, yeah. my job's back. Well, you know, and I, you know, we were struggling financially, all this stuff. So here I am living this middle class life, and everything looks good too. That's part, you know, partially where, for a long time, where my recovery became more shallow. I'm about to sneeze, by the way. So. Yeah. Go ahead. <coughs> Bless you. you. That was loud. All right, so um, I want to talk. So anyway, that's all that. I want to talk about my next time around, my relapse, and and all of that. Yeah. And some of the things I went through. So, at some point in time, around 15 years of recovery or something, I got married again. And relationship was a whole lot better, you know. And she used to always say, you know, that's why I say it's not like all bad. You know, she used to always say that my way of acknowledging when I was wrong was like just amazing to her. You know, and that was me still using the 10th step, you know. Totally like, you know what, you're right. Rather than what you would expect from a lot of times in a relationship, like, ah, what are you talking about? You know, I, I was able to do that. Um, and we had, a, and I actually, it's interesting, there's a whole very complex thing with that relationship. You know, I keep getting more information about it spiritually all the time. Hmm. Uh, but we, it was bizarre. It, not like it happened before. And this is no offense to anybody else, but it was like real massive in love, crazy, like out of control, dangerous. Right away. And I now see that there was a reason for that. Hmm. I now understand what happened there. Um, but while we were married, and I, like I say, I wasn't working much of a program. I was going once a week. I, you know, my life, I, I felt happiness. Happiness, again, in the sense that I've got a great relationship. I like being around my wife. Uh, didn't get along with my kids, great. But one, I certainly did, you know. And another one, I kind of did, too. And... Um, but I injured my back pretty bad. I got put on pain pills. Now, mind you, I have had I had had no surgery, kidney stones. I think that's only two times. But I had taken pain pills and and I gave them to my ex-wife and she controlled them. I didn't even talk to my wife about it. I just took them, with comp with I, I would say ignorant. No, I wasn't ignorant because I knew. It was just blind confidence. Something in there was like shutting me up and it's hard to know because it's like a blackout you know in a way i was i was blacking out some reality here and saying the three fatal words of the ego i got this yeah i got this well and it's crazy because i did for a little bit i am like hey i can take these fine i don't even need help look at this uh six hours i can have one but then after two hours i decided i couldn't remember if i had one or not next thing you know i'm going to another doctor you know and then there it goes uh, and then I get other psychiatric problems get worse. My anxiety keeps getting worse, so I get some other pills from another doctor. Yeah. So I'll play back and forth. And then, of course, I'm stealing pills from everybody I know. I can relate to that one. I, I know you can, you know. And uh, it was just really bad. And, and my, my wife then, like, her parents drink very successfully. <laughs> yeah, like, they will love to try some really cool beer. You know, we go out to eat. And they, the three of them, my, my wife and, my, and her parents, those two, would share two glasses of wine. So that's, that's their experience with alcoholism. They yeah. did not get it. It wasn't in the family anywhere. Wow. So she didn't catch on. 
you know, when I got in trouble eventually for, we had this guy painting our house that was a friend of a partner in her law firm. So, you know, I, I need to make a good impression there. Obviously, I don't want word going back. But he was talking to me in the middle of a sentence I would nod out. And he told my wife. My wife called my sponsor. My sponsor, by the way, you know, was pretty much like, this guy's pretty well gone. God love, you know, pray about him all the time, but he's gone. I mean, he, he's lying to me, and he won't even be honest. And, and every time I talked to him, he was like, you're going to die. You know, and, and I, we lost him. I know you know him too, and uh, I don't know if it's okay to say his name or not, but you know. Well, you know, my understanding of the anonymity is that once a person has passed, then it doesn't yeah, it, apply and anymore. But we I, can always use first names and last initials or yeah, first yes. names if you want to. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, it is an honor for some people, you know what I mean? To I, I think in this case, because he was such a huge person in the community and everybody knew it, mm-hmm. uh, Keith Warren. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, to this day, love that man. Yeah. I mean, he saved my life. He was one of the kindest people I have ever known. Yeah, absolutely. I and, agree. And um, so lucky to have him in my life. So, um, one of those guys that you just uh, instantly knew there was something different about Keith. There was. I mean, he was such a, on a, such a high spiritual plane, so yep. to speak. And he was a guy, I always remember, he could come into this one, to a meeting with 100 people, and he would talk to most of them. And he would know exactly what's going on with each of them. He was that out of himself yeah. to where he wanted to know, you know. And, um, but he, he, you know, he, he talked to me. He knew something was up, and I mean, uh, kept telling me he, he was afraid I was going to die. Is he your sponsor from before too? Yeah, yeah, so he before. I mean, he watched all this happen and was like, you know, at some point in time, it's like Frank, you know, something's not right here. Blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. So uh, I don't, you know, it's, it's almost like it was questionable to what extent he was sponsoring me. I think at some point in time because it's like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah, if you're not rena- remaining sponsorable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the guy can only do so much. You know, and and uh, I'm going to bring this up because I said, you know, I remember I used to go to psychics, you know, and I, and, and I can talk about my spirituality for a time later, but, um, you know, I remember this is changing the subject again. I went going once and before my third daughter was born, third child was born, and, um, like he said, there's a gift coming to you. This is somebody you've known for years and years and years, and it's going to be a wonderful relationship. And it has been. Yeah, I mean, it's been. We have a tie that is amazing. Uh, and I hate. Well, I mean, I love. I'm not saying that, but there's something just really unusual there. And each of my kids, I have a very unique like relationship with, and love that didn't always have recovery actually but she came to me and everybody thought except for me she came to me after came home from college the first semester you know uh, for us about to get her grades or find out find them out is when she wanted to tell me she thinks she has a drinking problem Hmm. everybody else is like ha 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 sure I knew because I knew her and I knew by the way she told me and I was the only one that was in recovery in the family I knew she wasn't lying yeah you, you can't make that lie to me. You know, and she was good at it too, by the way. She was also a professional when it comes to lying. Yeah. And so, you know, 
I took her to a few meetings, and 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 I guess if there's pride, anything I do, I would say that that was an area where I could say that because I did just totally back off. Did you? I took her to two meetings, and I remember a couple of women I wanted her to hopefully meet, and I was about to introduce them, and then she connected with them anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. Very so that cool. helped. Yeah. yeah. So and so her sobriety began, and then she went in a halfway house for a while, uh, and then decided she wasn't an alcoholic; it was just a phase. Everybody else believed her. Really? But who do you think didn't? Yeah, right. I knew it all along, and I remember telling her, look, I love you, I will spend time with you, but I want it to be abundantly clear always that I know you're lying and that you are having a problem. But that doesn't mean, you know, I can't make you do anything, and we'll still hang out, nothing's going to change in the relationship yeah, yet. Very big, yeah. Yet. Now, I didn't know I mean, if I ever would have to make it change. Right. And um, at one point in time, she called me from the healing place, called me and said, I'm going into the healing place. You know, and it was like, oh, my God. Yeah, the floodgates of joy and relief just opened up, and, right? You know, because I didn't want to see any of my kids die. That's just one thing you don't want to see. No doubt. And um, and just the pain and everything. <sighs> Shoot, you know, I mean, the dying is one thing too, and you would get that, but you know, oh, the yeah. whole the the whole circus that's wrapped up around addiction and alcoholism, yeah, is a very painful thing to watch, especially especially when you know. Right, right, right. It's bad for the ones that don't know. The sure, are sure. Like, what is wrong? But then you're like, yeah, I know what's wrong. I know exactly what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And so, and I want to stay off of her story just to say that little piece of it. Uh, you know, but I do always tell this, so, you know. Yeah. And that is, when she, you know, called me, said she's going to the healing place, she's going to lose her phone. I got a call from the healing place like a month and a half later. This place is terrible, Dad. I, I mean, they are awful here. I, I, I got to get out. Now, I, you know, I'm going to say sober. I'm, gonna, I'm like, No. You can't live at home. You got to stay there. You know, and so I made her stay. I did not, I didn't make her stay, but I didn't give her the option to come and yeah, live with me. Right. Afterwards, she did, and it was, you know, and she's been sober ever since. Um, you know, and of course, now I can talk about my grandbaby, but I, I'm not ready to cry that much yet, so yeah. I think I'll leave that alone for now. But she, uh, but what happened, the reason why I tell that story is it came full circle. Her dad now, you know, is in terrible shape. And I didn't know things. I didn't even know this. I didn't know for sure if she knew. But hell, she would drive by my house to pull me back in the house. Because I had this thing going on the front porch and passing out. Hmm. With the door half open. You know, and I had a dog in the house. So she'd have to drive by to check and make sure Dad wasn't, he, he, if, you know, if he's out of the house and in danger, I don't know somewhere. But he's on the front porch, I'll pull him back in. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So one day... All I can say is I got, you know, I had a good supply on me. Oh, backing up here. It goes to Tarantino. I'm going to go back to uh, my wife, second wife. Um, one day she came home with a sunburn, really bad. Started having blisters in her, on her skin and stuff, places that we Ooh. thought was probably, you know, related to the sunburn, some weird stuff. Wow. Went to an allergist, got on this special diet, and it continued. So she goes to, you know, we've got kind of really bad. So she goes to our, our doctor, and uh, both of our doctors had the same doctor, and gets sent off to specialists. They were looking at rheumatoid arthritis because they were on to the fact that it was, a, it was an autoimmune disease that was acting up for the first time. Well, there's actually one other time in her life where she got this crazy same rash, so we know mm. it's been there dormant probably before. Uh, and she got sick real quick. They diagnosed it, figured out what it was, and... Uh, and this is actually like odds. 
I don't know why they always say 10 in a million, why they don't say one in 100,000, but they said 10 in a million people get to get the lung part of this, which she got. Wow. Or she, you know, loved her family, wanted to be with him on Christmas. We did that. She caught something. Three weeks later, she died. Wow. And I was madly in love at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the beginning of my enlightenment, actually. Didn't know it then, but I know it now. You know, I mean, I, I consider myself on a path of enlightenment, and it really started when she died. Um, and it still breaks me up. It was such yeah. a sad thing. And her parents, you know, just, uh, I love them so much and just what they have gone through. So here we go jumping around again, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it. You know, uh, this is what recovery is. Yeah. So my current wife, her parents, who are now great-grandparents, as far as I'm concerned, they're great-grandparents. They're still family in my mind, and that's, that makes them family and in my heart. Right. But, I, you know, we, we celebrated Christmas together, you know, and I'm thinking, like, how often does this happen where your, your second wife's deceased, their parents show up and hang out and get along well with your current wife yeah. and, your grand, and, and their great-granddaughter and my granddaughter? Is, yep. That's yeah, just usually a, when those things sever, there's a separation happens there. And yeah, yeah. Might um, be some periphery exposure, but not like spending holidays no. together. Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that's true, too. Yeah, we don't, but there's definitely a strong bond that stayed, and, yeah. and we can spend time together. Um, now I'm circling back again to where, you know, so I, I get all these great drugs, right? I get, you know, pills. And I, I had really bad asthma, you know, and I went in, went in one night. The next day, uh, I just called my daughters by, by rank, you know, my kids by rank. You know, I have an older son, two daughters. So the middle daughter shows up at my house, comes in, and my lips are blue. Hmm. You know, so she picks up the phone. I learned all this, but I didn't see any of it. And calls my younger daughter and says, my dad's lips are blue. Any idea what I should do? Yeah, call 911. So she calls 911. Now, I do remember going to the hospital, you know, and it was as simple as this. You know, I mean, I'm sure I've been, you know, overdose level more than once, but I also had bad asthma at the time, mm. which, you know, had happens to your respirations on these opioids. And, and I had some diazepines, too, I'd gotten a hold of, and I managed to get the doctor to prescribe a hydrocodone syrup in a nice size bottle. Yeah. So That's I drank one of my that. Favorites. Yeah, I drank that like a bottle of liquor. That thing was gone on top of the rest of them, and I really felt like I was dying. Actually, I remember thinking, "Can you can you see me, Lee? Le- 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 I mean, Lee, I'm coming. You know, can you see me, Lee? I'm coming. I'm gonna be here soon." I mean, I really remember thinking that. Hmm. And uh, so I get rushed to the hospital. I remember thinking, going down the stairs. Then one of the jokes is, like, I'm, "I'm in this gurney, right?" They're taking me down these little kind of steep concrete stairs, and the neighbors were out. I'm like, oh, shit, what are the neighbors going to think? <sighs> okay, and this is the guy that they see halfway hanging out his door every day. Yeah, <laughs> right. Know? But yeah. what are they going to think? And I actually cared about that, of all things. So in the hospital, um, comes back around to my daughter because she was the one that wasn't going to be, wasn't going to lie about it. And she was the one that was willing to put our relationship completely on at risk by saying that I just watched, you know, my stepmom die, who they were extremely close. Yeah. Changed her life. My daughter's life was changed by that, by, 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 uh, by Lee. Um, and um, 
I'm not going to watch you die. I can't do it. So I will no longer be in your life. You will not see or hear from me unless you do something. And, you know, I didn't have many friends left. Had a former sponsee in the room, Keith, and my aunt. That's all it was. And I was, you know, lying about that. You know, I thought it was all about this one event that happened in the hospital. That is like, it's like I got to tell my story because it was just like one of the best parts of my use, you know, is that... Um, I, when I went to the hospital, somehow or another, I managed to scrape up some pills, put them in a little container in my pocket, went to the hospital, talked about all the meds I was on. I think I brought a lot of them, too. They went through them all. But not the ones I had in my pocket and in a bottle I had. So it was a diazepine, right? And so I'm laying in bed on an oxygen mask in the ICU. And... You know, I, I really couldn't take the mask off well, but they had these little holes in the mask. I was dropping the pills in there. In through the holes. In through the holes. Um, and, of course, some of them didn't make it in. <laughs> you know, some of them would fall on the floor. Or go, go, but I got enough in, but they were, they were landing on my chest. So the nurse comes in and freaks out because, let's see, basically, they, they see these Xanaxes all over my, my chest. They, they kind of knew something yeah, was up. Right. I told them it was cholesterol medicine. And for once, my great slick whatever didn't work. They knew otherwise. Uh, and that's where I got in big trouble. The respiratory doctor was furious, you know, and but they still prescribed some to me. And they still prescribed the pain pill to me. And I get that was because I, I think they wanted to keep me maintained while I was in there. They didn't yeah. want to have to deal right, with yeah. seizures and, uh, in addition to all the other respiratory stuff. Yeah, because pulling you off of that is not quite not, the thing to do right now. It wasn't enough to do anything, but it was enough to heat off a problem. Stave off the withdrawals, the serious yeah. withdrawals. So it's kind of like that, that kid who uh, came to me, I was now coming to her. They called a Brooke person over to see how bad I was, and I didn't have to lie. I told them that, yes, I want to kill myself because, shockingly, that's what I wanted to do. Hmm. At that moment, I was about to die, and I wanted to die. And that's why I say this. Anything else after that is a life that almost didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Somehow or another, God had a different plan. And then came in there and somehow or another wrestled out of this because the guy that was in extreme denial, still lying about the pills on his chest, totally denying that it was, you know, just that one incident. Yep. This little isolated incident. Yeah. Uh, Not my whole history. Spilled everything out to the therapist in front of my family. Oh, did you? Yeah. And I was just wailing, crying on that bed. I want to die. I want to die. Just let me die. But when I went into the doors of the brook on an ambulance, something hit me like, thank God I'm here. And they're going to lock me up. There's hope. They will lock me behind those doors, and they're going to do some voodoo on me or something. Yeah. But, you know, I don't want to, I, I'm not safe. I will take pills if they're given to me, if I have them. And I will take drugs if I get them. And I do want to die. So, you know, I do a little, little commercial for a facility. I'm not really big on that, but I will say that the Brooks saved my life. Right. They really did. And, and uh, we talked about the counselor that I met in there and, and all of that. And, um, uh, I left that place so pumped. I mean, to tell you that I was like, the first thing I did was go through all the steps again. I asked Keith 
if he would sponsor me still. And he said he was. And he's when, I, when, when they were doing the intervention, he said, you're making a good sober decision. Hmm. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Not like you dumbass. Yeah. You've been taking these pills and lying all this time. He's like, Frank, I am so happy for you. Yeah. That's right. all he said. The total love. Yeah. And and Beautiful. I'm here to help you. So. Um, anyway, that's, that's a big choice to make, you know, because that's a tough thing. I've been pretty blessed, and that's something that I haven't really haven't dealt with a lot of of uh, people, you know, going back out and uh, coming back, you know. Yeah. Well, that's uh. Yeah. We were kind of a solid group. We, you know, most of the people who are relapsing in our group are doing it early on, like we so often do the bump and oh, out. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Know, and you kind of come to expect that, but after uh, after a long time of sobriety, and we hear it and see it, but our group just—I can't think of people who we were not experiencing that today. And I don't have a lot of experience with that. Yeah, yeah. People doing it, so that's—I guess Keith, you know, he's around a long time. Yeah, he's just had such a gentle, caring soul that. You know, it would. I couldn't imagine him being like in a abrasive, you know, an abrasive mood and over something like that. No, it no, just perfect to go. He, oh, okay, good yeah, job. he was, he was happy. Yeah. And he was like rewarding me with you know praise. Yeah, um, and of course, you know, he came to the hospital at other times. They let my sponsor come in, and you know, we talked about redoing it and all of this stuff and kind of how that would look and um so you were impatient for a period of time i was impatient for a period of time and i needed detox i mean because they, they, they gave me some librium several times my blood pressure would go through the roof but i also i want to mention when i was in the hospital other physical problems i had i had copd really bad i needed breathing treatments all throughout the day i had uh, a thing called barrett's esophagus a precancerous condition in your esophagus mm-hmm. i had lymphocytic colitis which is more like it's not as, as dangerous as Crohn's, but it's more in that characteristic than it is in just like your typical colitis. It's very immune disorder oriented. Um, diabetes. So, you know, you know, my, uh, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I mean, really my days were numbered, even if I wanted to live. Yeah. Today, I don't even need an inhaler. I don't, I don't know what happened. You know, I, I don't have that anymore. It went away. I mean, how many people can say COPD yeah. just like, man, poof. Yeah. Um, I have some Amazing. stomach stuff, but nothing like before. The barrier esophagus, they can't find that anymore. Diabetes, gone. Wow. No medication, gone. Perfect yeah. A1Cs for years since I've been sober. You know, and that's a whole other experience when I get into, if I could talk about spirituality, is what all, how all that connects to spirituality. And some folks might consider it controversial, but it was my experience. Yeah. Um, so... So anyhow, I did the steps. I mean, I remember doing the steps with rigor. I mean, I was going to several meetings a day. I wasn't spending any time on an occupation at all at that time. You know, I just living off savings and working on recovery. Um, and my life, I just got so much happier so fast. Um, so I think maybe just kind of characteristic some of the things that have happened because I think spirituality really is important here. You know, I, I had one of the profound things that happened, and, and I, you know this, and a lot of the folks, that, you know, our friends, mutual friends know this, that my wife got, you know, was found with breast cancer, right. stage three. Yeah. Six and a half centimeter tumor. It hadn't been there that long. It was growing fast. Um, so she went through all the, the chemo treatment and stuff. 
And I, I was amazed at how you can deal with things because my first thought was, oh, my God, I'm cursed. My wives just die on me. Yeah, all right. Immediately. She's going to die, too. You know, and all of my joy and recovery turned to, like, I'm cursed. God, why do you do this to me? Pissed off again. Yeah. And somebody just posed a question to me, and I don't even know who it was. Like, but It was like, um, I think it was, my, oh, actually, it's my current sponsor. was asking me the question. He said, you know, why do you think this is the same thing? Why do you think these are two simultaneous events? And, you know, I'll say my sponsor, Spirituality, is also something that has led me to look at physical problems differently. Right, yeah. Because of, you know, that's part of my whole spiritual path that I've been on. And um, so, I mean, it was awful, but we made it through. You know, and she's still having problems. And, I, you know, I learned from her because I watched her, like, you know, mentally, physically, and spiritually deal with health problems, you know. I mean, because she's had to take all kinds of medications that are still, she's on, that are causing problems and this and that. Uh, and she just keeps going. She just keeps on, you know, and she cries and she gets upset. And then she turns around and she, you know, accepts things and can have joy. Yeah. yeah it's it like is. the pain's not going to go away. The sadness is not going to go away all the time. The anger's not going to go away. But that doesn't mean I can't have joy in life. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good lesson for me. Well, watching people walk through these things uh, like that, you know, having you remember when you came in and shared for the first time that it, that it was what you were up against. Uh, and what was, or, you know, the, the circumstances at hand, I know that in a way, you know, I said that why I corrected that is because like, I want to make it my problem when I, and it's really, it's her thing, right? right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is happening to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and it's like, well, man, no, I didn't really, the, you think you got, it's actually oh, yeah, her yeah. that's one. That's yeah. why I kind of corrected that. What happened to you yeah, statement, yeah, yeah. What, but you, we still do as a loved one. We are going through it with oh, our yeah, loved ones. Oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. to watch people walk through this stuff, man, with dignity and, 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 and class and, and bravery, courage, and, and continue to walk it down like that, you know, and even at times I remember there were some real spooky times, uh, along the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where, where you know, things were looking grim not very good yeah in fact you know her cancer because of the how, what type it was and stuff in a way it was good that it was that kind of cancer because they had specifically new, you know new research that identified chemicals that can help kill it pretty well so that was the good side the bad side was these are some really bad chemicals and hers because of its rare fast growing type she was like pumped with like, and they even told her out of the practice at Norton's Cancer Center, she was one of one of the top as far as the high levels and bad chemicals. Yeah, and she still had good times, and she was pale all the time, you know, and just awful. It was awful. I, you know, I, yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's funny too because I was gonna say I, I, she actually helped me see that it was about her, not me too. One time, real clear, <laughs> and I needed that. Yeah, I needed that really did so i can climb right in my pity pot really quickly uh, yeah when it's really not and again you know we do go through things yeah yeah as a as a peri on the periphery but during the you know i've yet to be the actual person yeah, yeah and, and I'm, I'm i didn't you know i yeah i was the caregiver which has its own thing and all of that which is true uh and it was hard but you know both of us had support systems and programs and stuff yeah and we survived yeah you know, what a blessing, you know, when you think about, you know, had she not been, you know, and I don't know this, you know, but I would, I'm going to, I'm going to surmise that, you know, had she not had 12 step 
philosophy principles concepts in her heart yeah uh you know she doesn't walk through that either the Mm -hmm. way you all did no oh yeah oh yeah and and again i believe that that is what you know her excellent recovery is i i I still attribute some of that to that to what you're saying yeah we do yeah changes outcomes so so um I think I do want to talk about spirituality a little bit, actually. Um, Great. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's time. Um, so, you know, I started out, my spirituality started out with, with just very traditional, you know, which is great, because that's one of the amazing things about 12-step recovery when it comes to the part about higher power, just how wide open that is. I mean, anybody can probably fit in there. Yep. You know, you know even the atheists and agnostics, there's a place. There's a place, a very you know. We think, oh, how can they? Well, they can. Yeah, they can. It's yes, that wide can. open. Yep. And for any inter- interpretations, yep. and uh, I say there's something that come to me at some point. I don't know if I heard it, somebody else say it or not, but you know, the one one way I put it as far as that blessing and how a higher power. You know, I come in and I was encouraged to. I really was honestly encouraged to develop my own connection with yes. my own higher power, and then. That's cool, but the best part of it is, is then I am not rejected for the one I choose, right? Right, right. That's where the rubber meets the road in most places, because of the 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 whole, at least in my perception of uh, spirituality based things, where you know you need to really follow my way. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's really true. I really that's some of this stuff. I'm not really sure if I put that on myself, or if it really was presented to me that way. Yeah. You know, because yeah, I can yeah, find yeah. myself doing the same thing with this twelve steps. I oh go, yeah. You know, I, this is the way, man. That that's a whole other. You know, this topic. is the way. Yeah, and, that, yeah. And it was uh-huh. the way for me, uh-huh. but doesn't mean it's the way for you. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way, and I I was gonna say ditto, man. Totally. That is something that, like, yeah, I have I have learned about the twelve steps. Yeah, definitely. That same perspective, but this is the only way. Yeah. But for me, I, I you know I can't say enough. All I can say is that I can't say enough about what it did for me. And I can't say enough about what it does to other people who I see do it. That's, that's right. what I will say. Now, yep. I'm, I'm not saying what you, anybody else should do. But I'm saying this seemed to work really good for these people, including me. Yeah, right. It's got so you said you had a... Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was saying you was going to go back. You said you started out with a real traditional... Real traditional, you know, because I, I, I have been an agnostic for years. And I kind of went to the, well, you know, I'll, I'll just decide there's a God and we'll just do that that way. And that's what I did. And I really didn't have much of a... You know, very simple relationship, you know, uh, and it, it and it worked. Again, that's what I'm saying. It worked great. Yeah. Uh, and somewhere down the road, and I don't know how it happened, but I started to think, huh, I really don't know how what happened. Something shifted me. I heard a lot of guys in our recovery thing, and I think you're one of them talking about how opening the door to other stuff, keeping an open mind, looking and, and trying things rather than just, you know, nothing wrong with staying on the same path, but there is a benefit to like saying, hmm, what is this about? Yeah. And listening really careful and, and not being like, you know, uh, content prior to the investigation on, on anything spiritual. But my first change, and this was really more of still of an emotional, it was spiritual thing, was a thing called the Mankind Project. You know, and all these things are like miracles, how I fall into them. It's like, yeah. I just was just like, how'd that happen? Yeah. You know, I'm saying this all the time. How did I get here? Yeah. You know, and it's like, I feel like I searched it out, but I kind of think really I'm, I'm giving myself more credit than I deserve, but I think it found me. <laughs> you know, I've, I, 
I made myself available to these things. Yeah. You know, somehow there is some part of me being like, uh, I did volunteer. Right. You know, right, so right. at some level, I, would, I didn't resist it for sure. You know, yeah. so the opposite of that, you know, but I'm with you. You know, I, I would like to give myself a little credit for, for doing these things, but I think I, I fell into them. I think they were, they were, they were just on my path. And, right, and, right. And, right, right. That, uh, that whole thing of being open to this stuff, you know, the not, you know, and that's what's in the 12 steps principles. It says over and over again, I was just with a guy last night and it's, uh, in Bill Wilson's book over and over, there's a concept of putting down your old, setting aside your old oh, ideas, yeah. being oh, yeah. open to new things right. to be, con to do that. And, right. and, you know, and I always reassure somebody that doesn't mean you have to trash it forever. Right. That's right. not what we right, mean. Right, right, right. It means you just have to be able to just set it over here for a minute so that I can look at this, because if I allow this like to cloud my thought on this, I'm, I'm, I'm potentially missing something. Yeah. So if I can set this down and a lot of times, man, I get something I go like this and I go, man, uh, I really, I'm, uh, this is something that's working for me. This is something that's uh, adding to my quality of my life in recovery. Yeah. And then all of a sudden what happens is, is it like reflects over to this, this other thing in my left hand. Yeah, it makes exactly. it a little more powerful too. Right. So then being open to both uh, yes. is a building. It's a momentum building exercise. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, who brought you to mankind? Well, I'd heard about it before. It's one of those things. Some of these things were picking at me years ago. I was invited in. Because I'm having that experience today, you know, from different directions. People are going, hey, yeah, yeah. hey, and that keeps on happening with it, mankind. That, yeah, that's right. Well, with mankind, it kind of goes back to, I say, full circle with like all this, you know, Ram Dass stuff in my teens and college years that it was like picking at me then, but I just was not in a place to pick it up, you know, and so was mankind picking at me. I wasn't ready to pick it up. But my daughter did this thing called called uh, Women Within, which is a sister program of that. So I went to her. They call it like a celebration when you come back after your weekend ceremonial stuff and all the things you do. And I noticed several guys I knew that were in recovery. And I was like, hmm. they were there from mankind who tries to come and show up and support Women Within stuff too, you know, to just to, because it's brother-sister program. Yep. And so I started talking to them, and I, I decided it's a funny thing I had that happen. I mean, usually I, I should, you know, kind of debate before spending like $1,000 or whatever it was. I didn't debate. <laughs> I just went home and signed up right away. It was crazy, you know. And uh, I did. And, I, you know, and this, I can't talk about a lot of it because it's one of those things that if I tell you what you're going to do before you do it, it won't have the same impact yeah, on you. Yeah, right. I can respect that completely. But, but uh, and I think, I mean, yeah, I, I bet several folks I know in, in our group of friends are doing this too and have done it. And it is a life-changing thing, you know. It's it's more about becoming of integrity as a man, learning to be a man in a truer sense of the way. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it is being honest about yourself and about your emotions and your vulnerabilities, being vulnerable. And uh, I needed a big dose of that. And it's funny because you know my my wife will say you know that point in our dating that if I hadn't done that we were on the way out. We were, oh really? Yeah, mm -hmm. it changed me so much. My approach to that relationship became, she may disagree, but a lot more humble and just different, you know. Yeah. Um. So, and my feelings became I just became much more open with my feelings, and and some folks have described the, this weekend training experience they do as a fifth step on steroids. Hmm. That's kind of what it was. You know, um, so I mean, I have been all pumped about that, and I still do it to this day. I still do uh, go to the. We have meetings like every other week. We go to that I go to with a group of guys that I love dearly, 
a different kind of recovery, I guess you could say, but we have the same bond. Yeah. So. Well, my whole thoughts on the whole recovery world have been swinging pretty quickly, especially since this podcast just came around because I started thinking of this whole thing of, uh, you know, I'm not limited once again. I really is a gift that something happened to me and and I was able to open myself to this other stuff and not, you know, I'm not going to put myself on a pedestal from that standpoint like like a woo. Right, right, right. But I am able to be open to stuff and it's dawned on me, you know, that, I'm watching other people come to the path of recovery, which I think if oh, I love the definition that I found was to uh, reclaim something that was lost or stolen. Yeah. It's basically my own self, yeah. my soul that I kind of gave away at some point. I right. lost it. It was part lost and part stolen. You know, right, right. I, I give some of that away voluntarily by using the drugs and alcohol right, and doing right, some right. of that. But some of it was taken from me, too, from the calamity and the, the trauma and the other things that happened uh-huh. and those things mixing together. Well, this recovery path, however you find it, and then I think that's what's cool about it is like you went a certain direction on the 12-step path, you know, and then you hit right. this other, this mankind thing. And now I know that you've got some other things, trajectory going on where you're still continuing to enlarge your spiritual growth in other manners you know so we keep on doing that enlarging our spiritual growth thing i found a big you know i made a big growth spurt in my spiritual uh world through a practice of yoga oh yeah you know so yeah. you know, and we have all these and what yeah, a blessing yeah. it is that we got all these things out here in the world oh yeah to explore that like actually actually some of them go okay that stuff is actually sitting on the shelf for me yeah when i'm ready for it you know yeah, when yeah. the world when my higher power when whatever this is says okay dan have a look at that. This is for you. This is for you. Try this. Yeah, and, and get to do that. So one of the people that I'm going to have on this podcast before long is the uh, and her actually scheduled. So we might be next Sunday. Awesome. Uh, is the gal who owns the yoga studio I go to because she found herself through a yoga practice entirely. That it was her path to recover her original self. Yeah was through yoga, yoga. Wow. in its own, and in, 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 in that was, you know, so I love just the whole thought here and like an evolution of maybe where the podcast looked like it was 12-step stuff, and it still is primarily, right? but I also want to open the door to other paths, other recovery paths yeah. than just 12 steps, like, like yoga, like people uh, finding mankind. I know people who, you know, because that's not a chemical dependency recovery not at all (laughs) yeah yeah but it's got the same growth thing and the great same cultivating your spiritual right awareness and 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 the same same philosophies that look at you know i think all the major all the ancient spiritual teachings are that path they are they are and that's kind of yeah well if they've gotten corrupted by us humans which we are good we're just so good that's our speciality yeah. we're very good at that yeah you know and, and um yeah so how uh, long you been doing the mankind thing how long ago uh, was that it's 2014 so yeah. you know yeah so what that would makes it uh five years yeah wow so i'm doing that and then liz had gone to this place taking these classes and i'll say the names of the places because they're helpful a place called the earth and spirit center some folks may have heard of that it's uh, actually a passionist priest does it, but it's not Catholic. It is no way associated with, I mean, the, the teachings are not the Catholic, a, a quote, Catholic-branded lesson, you know. Um, and But what, actually what they are is sort of a combination of Buddhism, Hinduism, and Christianity as far as the teaching, and a lot of it is just meditation practice. Hmm. Um, 
which I went to with skepticism only because, you know, I, I had tried meditation I don't know how many times. I mean, you know, five minutes, I am like so done. Um, I never could get that, but I, what I thought was like an empty mind. Never could get there. So uh, I, I tried this out. Ended up taking three more courses there. But <laughs> again, you know, just fell in love with it. And, and what they introduced me to from a, I guess, theological standpoint is really just the similarities of Christianity and Buddhism. And uh, I remember the uh, thought that was what was when he talked about like being stillness and that kind of a thing in, in meditation, you know, quoting the Bible and said, because I was so anti-Bible, you know, or, or kind of had had a prejudice against it. But there's a line is, uh, be still and know that I am God. That how that's translated, what that is. And he'd look at the actual words used or he would translate the language and say, that's being stillness and awareness. That's mm -hmm. Buddhism to the right to the boom, big time. But what I learned to do was I learned how my thoughts don't stop in meditation. And I say that a lot because I've found, you know, on my path, a lot of people who are, are convinced they can't meditate. It's not for them because they can't stop thinking. Well, if that were the case, nobody would be meditating. Yeah. We all think while we meditate. Yep. We just learn how to watch it and observe it rather than be, you know, riding the boat. Right. Yep. You know, we, we aren't, we, we, I learned that I am not my feelings. I'm not my thoughts. They are just these things that my brain's creating 24 7. And yeah, I do a lot of work to, to make them healthier, but they, bad ones still come in, unhealthy ones still happen. Um, but I learned about mindfulness how at any given second, the world is like amazingly beautiful. Simple things, like one of the things in addition to meditation, we would do is like mindfulness exercises. We got a list of like in the shower. You have no idea how needling that feeling in a good way a shower is. How loud it is. It's amazing. And how much like water is trickling down your body and how just a good sensation that is. Toothpaste, the smell and taste is like amazingly powerful. Yeah. I had no idea. Because I was thinking so much about something else when I was brushing my teeth. And the list goes on. You know, and what was most important was I kept hearing in my recovery meetings about how, well, you know, our crazy minds, we just got to live with our crazy minds. And I realized, you know, we still have crazy thoughts and it's just, it, it, that's just what it's going to be. And I realized it's not what it's going to be. Hmm. And that's one thing where I separate off from some of the recovery stuff I hear sometimes is no, it's, you know, it's not true. My truth is not that I am just going to have to live with that recovery thoughts. Yeah, I'll have them experience them like anybody else, but I don't, I can actually not be confined by that crazy, squirrelish mind of mine that's happening right now while I'm talking. Yeah. I mean, there's a million thoughts going on that I can't even see right now. Yeah. You know, I can tell you before I started, I had a million thoughts going in my mind too about, you know, all the things that could go wrong. But see, I, I, I you know, I learned with mindfulness that there's an ancient technique that you don't have to do that. And so that kind of meditation was called Vipassana, and it's Buddhist. And it's basically... Say uh, it once again. Vipassana. I've also heard you know, like pronounced Vipassana. But it, it, I, I checked it online and found out that it's called Vipassana, what I've found. So, uh, and, and, it, and it's basically just quiet. There's no anything. No chant. No, and not that anything else is better than another. But it, its goal is to two things. To cultivate mindfulness and then help you see the truth of things, which is a lot of the Buddhism. 
yeah. they help you see the temporal nature of things and the nature of attachment. Once you are that mindful, you can then see those things and also become more mindful and freer of your thoughts. That's kind of what Vipassana is, and it's sort of more in line with the original Buddhist methods. And they kind of explain that one interesting thing about Christianity versus Buddhism, same exact thing, pretty much, except Christianity talks more about the impact and the effects and being spiritually enlightened, just being that way, whereas Buddhism talks more about you got to sit for this long, they give you know, and that's yoga and all of this stuff that comes out. Which, I, I, by the way, it's not. This is, um, you know, I just want to say I, I'm so impressed and just really inspired by your yoga. Well, and thank I, when you. I heard you're going to be going off and doing that, it just it gives me chills. I'm just so happy well, for you. you. Yeah. Thank you. I really am. It's just the best thing in the world. And I just love seeing that. Um, but, it's really changed me. It really, uh, really uh, has. And you know, I was. Well, I used to say that, and I've said this on the podcast before. That I used to say that a meditation practice probably had bigger impact on me than any other thing besides this twelve steps. Amen. The fact of the matter is, meditation is mentioned in the twelve steps, so it's actually part of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it's not really something separate. <laughs> uh, yoga is not, but it's a meditation type of thing. It's not specifically stated, but I think if uh, I think if and Christopher does a good job of this putting this this way in his eleventh step of uh, that through uh, prayer, meditation, and other practices, we enlarge our spiritual life. Right. And so uh, I think uh, you know I think Bill I think that's what Bill meant when he's talking about it. He just didn't have anything more than those tools in 1935 or whatever it right. was when he was writing it. But but thank you for that. I know it's uh it's 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 funny how I sit here. Uh, usually some somebody will <laughs> I get to have some accolades as I sit here and I'm humbled that uh that I that I get to receive those. Thank oh yeah. You. And uh, you know it, and and this is like to anybody out there. You know I have seen when people do this recovery with this 12 step thing. You know, these are not isolated stories. No, they are not. Uh, you know, and I, I, I you know, I, I hate to say there's like one way to do it and all that, but I will say that there's a, a rigorous way I've seen that brings about results that are different than what I knew knew was possible. Yeah. So I just say that. Yeah. Um, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, that's the only way I can say it, I can think of, and I'll yeah. have to leave that alone. Now. I like that. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I did that, and I also I took a. Uh, like a, a class on on the cosmos, which is like fascinating. I did mindfulness, then I did like insight, which is the you know seeing the true nature of things, which is the four noble truths basically, and so that. Um, and then I did a class on like environmental, where it talked about our connection to the world, and it actually had like environmental facts and stuff, you know, and and things about the earth and things about the universe and how it all started and it was like my mind was blown by the time I was done with those three classes that is cool so you know a sad thing happened in my life is we talked about how much I love Keith and how you know he always his impression on me is still there and by the way I'm doing this kind of stuff Keith is a very conservative Christian church he went to and you know what? It was never a religious discussion. He totally praised everything I did. Yeah. Because it was like there, it it wasn't a difference. It was just a different approach, and there it wasn't this. You know, we always think these politics and all of these things we divide ourselves with matter that much. When it comes down to humanity, it's really not going to matter much at all. It's shit we're putting in our heads. Right. Yeah. And I could say more about that, but I'll leave that one alone too. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's a that's a testimony to sponsorship, especially in particular sponsors. Uh, you know, I can I can say uh, that 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 my sponsor did a a real healthy way of helping me cultivate some spirituality, some reliance in a higher power, uh, in that, and not impose his on me. 
you know, I don't really, to be honest, today I still couldn't tell you if you right. said, okay, explain your sponsor's conception of a higher power or yeah, give me yeah, an idea yeah, of his yeah. spirituality. I couldn't sit here and tell you that. Right. Even right. today, even after being sponsored by him for four years. Right. It, right. it was not, that is, like I said, it was, it's a yeah. cross cultivation thing that, it is, that doesn't yeah. make any difference what. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, words we wrap around it. Exactly. And I, you know, it's kind of like, what he was doing for me in my like you said my realm and in his realm i know working with me yeah and i remember when he was dying like i used to go in and i'd read to him because he couldn't read anymore and i like he had a and this is sort of like how 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 i opened up to christianity too mm. so much he had a like a christ talks book with little things in them those things i read them my whole body from head to toe was like pounding with chills mm. as he would call them god bumps powerful powerful things christ-based Things. right you know so it's so clear how there's just like it's yeah it's all words it's all head it's not there's not really the, the barriers that we think there are um now you know of course i changed sponsors first you know for my spiritual path too when i did got a new sponsor and i can't say much about that really i want to leave that alone um but i you know i will say you know you know on my path you know i, I began looking and i did find a church now here's the guy that like I'm going to tell you right now, a, a, three years ago before I went there, I was convinced church never. It's just a man institution, and I've tried a bazillion different things. It ain't going to happen. And guess what? It happened. You know, and this is not you know I, I can talk about those things in this kind of podcast, but yeah. So you know I'm a member of a Unity Church, uh, and Unity is now in every fiber of my being. I mean, the, what they teach is, and I, I realize I'm in love with that church. I mean, that just blows me away to hear my, myself say that. Yeah. It really does. You know, and it's contributed a lot when I talk about, like, things manifesting. That's a lot of where I'm getting that from, where I hmm. learned that. You know, and I'm not going to talk about the belief system. What I usually say is, like, you know, there were the founders of this thought process called New Thought. But somebody years later who wrote and is really hits on a lot of this, Emmett Fox. Yeah. So if you read him, he's not a unity person. He's not talking about unity, but you're getting a lot of the similar messages from him. That's just, and I hope I'm representing it correctly, but that's what I felt like. Yeah, the, he, he landed with me as a, when I was working the steps with my sponsor, he recommended, suggested, whatever you want to order me, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whatever you want to say, uh, to not delve into other things until we were done with the steps. Don't yeah. muddy the water with reading. Because I'm a big reader, and I've always liked to do that. And I wanted to, like, reach out and branch. Well, the very first book after getting done with the steps that he presented me with to, like, read. Like, yeah. here, I would like you to read this now. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, it was Emmett Fox's Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it really landed a lot of spirituality to me and, and like, brought it down where all of a sudden it felt uh, within my reach. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, otherwise, it was more like something I was like uh, maybe aspiring after or something. Okay, gotcha. Where it actually brought it down to where I could actually get a hold of it tangibly all of a sudden. Right, right. Another way to put it, I think, is just made it a real part of yeah of of, of you. I mean, I kind of incorporated that into yeah, and that it is about making this a reality. And I, I people, this I think faith is important, but I I got into a place where I started having experiences where it wasn't as necessary. Um, so that's one part of my spirituality is, is unity. Um, and several other things. And let me tell you what, I, I used to be speaking of our minds. I used to have critical things of, I thought I would roll my eyes. If any word new age came up or crystals, my eyes roll. And here I sit with a crystal right in front of me, by the yeah. way. And is one this, on your is, neck. 
this is mine. This is my my primary crystal. It's not like fascinating or bit. It's just my crystal. It's got the vibrations that it wanted me to have. It it yelled at me in in the. Can I say that where I got it? Sure. Happy's meditation uh-huh. on Tenth Street in Jeffersonville. Uh, no, no, I think we can talk <laughs> anything like that. You know, I mean, that's just. Uh, uh. I would not stop somebody from doing anything that might grow somebody, help somebody else. You yeah, know, all yeah. that is just you know whether if it's whether if it's for Happy's store or for uh, or for the guy who heard that and wants to go see Happy's thing. The only thing that can be coming out of that is good. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, that's where I that's where I got it. I was, I was looking around for amethyst. I thought that, you know, which also by the way is the drunk's you know yeah, crystal. Yeah. And that's what somebody said. No surprise. That was the actual crystal that you asked for, you wanted for, and this one just sat there and said, Frank, get me. Yeah. So I did. And I know it's got the vibrations going on. Uh, in fact, this weekend, I took it to what's called a Heartlight uh, Diksha weekend. Uh, I'm going to talk about that some. Yeah. And uh, because I wanted it to absorb some of those vibes, you know, and you, you can't see me. But like, let me just say that um, at Unity, and that's why I say that, too, because maybe somebody else will check it out and find out, holy crap. And maybe they'll say, this is stupid, whatever. But um so I, I went to, um, we, we got this thing in, the, in our oral flyer unity, and it's not a unity thing at all, but it's just they put flyers about events that are happening in their church. One of the things like TSSR is a thing that's always going on that, that they house there, but they, uh, there's a oneness weekend thing, and they call it oneness blessing. I can't talk too much about oneness just because I know that I don't know everything that's been through a lot of transitions. Uh, it comes from India has a lot of Hinduism to it, which was not a thing I was familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's basically a lot of this stuff, of this New Age stuff, is about the fact that th- there's an enlightenment happening in the universe right now. And that things that were not as accessible are becoming more accessible. And, you know, I always say Diksha is an energy like the Holy Spirit. Pretty much is the best way I can say it. It's kind of freaky to say that, but that's how they can say it is a high, high level of energy. And... Um, so I, I, you know, and I'm going to learn how to do this. Like it, at uh, church, they have this time where oneness blessers get up and bless the congregation during meditation. I'm like, what is that? What is that unity? What is that stuff? So I went, and these people put their hand on my head, and I'm like, this is just ridiculous. I got chills in and out of my body. Like I thought it was a new. I, I, I didn't know what was happening. I thought I was going to heaven and back. Never felt anything like this before. I mean, and it was hard. I mean, we were doing all these Hindu chants and all these things all weekend long and very uncomfortable chairs, by the way. I hope yeah. they change that. But um, so I mean, my life was forever changed, you know. So I'm walking around asking people, can I bless you? Can I bless you? I'm some crazy new age oneness blessing man now. Yeah. I mean, I just cool. do. I love doing it. But energy has become like a blessing has become like a part of my core being and what I do. I, I never would have expected that. Yeah. You know, so anyway, um, I know you've got Reiki. That's got another Reiki, place where you. Yeah, I found Reiki. So I find oneness. I mean, because I mean, because I kind of go back and again. So you're six years. Is that right? Yeah. OK, so then I come in. So there was two years before I knew you and I watched uh, you walk a path, you know, and to be honest, when I first met you and I've always been attracted to you at some level, but I but there was some tension inside of you for a oh, while. Yeah. Uh, just for instance, I remember one time and I don't know what happened, but there was some you were in some political oh, wound yeah, right, up into right, some right, politics right. kind of thing, you know, yeah. and and like 
And so, like, you could read attention, and I don't want to, like, put too much into my own thing, but I think you know that, like, we can, we see each other's energy, and we feel it, uh, I think, uh, at least I do. And I knew there was some tension, and, like, today I've watched as things went along. Like, it's like it's completely gone. Like, you're so different from the guy that, because oh, yeah, I had yeah, one yeah. particular night, I remember you had a, something, something had happened in the world. Now, I disconnected from a lot of that. You yeah, know, yeah, so I wasn't, yeah. like, you know, I was, I didn't know anything about what you were talking about, frankly. <laughs> You know, but I could tell it had affected you. Yeah, and a level was not healthy, really, because no, you were like no. wound up in this. Oh yeah, yeah. This and political world thing that somebody had done something that was contrary to what you thought was right. Right. Which probably, you know, not. I'm not saying that it wasn't right. Right. Exactly. Saying, exactly. But it had yeah. you pinched up. It had really. You pinched and up. like I don't yeah. see like anymore. I can't remember the last time I've seen you even wound up. You know. No. Uh, no. Uh, on anything on a negative, you know, on, and I don't want to use that plane, but there is. It's a negative energy and a positive energy. Oh yeah. And, and so that's what I mean by the negative, that 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 uh, that plane uh, forever, you know, because you have an ease and a, and, a, and like even just an energy just to see you today. There's a difference in between what you what you were when I met you. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't that you were that wound up then either. Well, that's not I, what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I mean, exactly but you're the saying. growth is cool. It doesn't yeah. really matter to watch people. And that's one of the things about this community is that we get to know each other and we watch each other um on our journeys you know and with i think that's part of the reason why we do this together is so that we watch we're mirrors for one another kind of right, thing because right, that attracts right. me to see yeah it, it, does, it does exactly in exactly. your in your personality your aura today yeah yeah you know? and, and and i you know it's kind of like i uh, say like dan does this or i learned this like i will mention things because of that like this kind of attraction and and stuff I can learn from you fast. Right. I mean, I can, you can do something. I go, what's Dan doing? What's that? You know, yeah. kind of thing. Right. And, and that's what I said. One of the biggest things was this, try this then. And you kept talking about that. I remember you used to hold a crystal up and say, I thought this was stupid, but they said get some, so I did. Yeah. I'm like, huh, I think they're stupid too, but that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, now there's crystals within the arms reaching me all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the time. I have them in my pockets. I have them in my car. I have them here on the podcast table. They're, yeah, yeah, I'm all over me. All over yeah. me, yeah. 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 And, and, um, but, so let's go back to one just a little bit. I was going to say, I, what I experienced actually, and this sounds crazy to say, I'm just going to say it, I, I, I became enlightened. Powerful. Yeah. Now, I do remember one thing, you know, and I'll say this as, as during one of the meditations. And I mean, there were some that like we would breathe in and out really fast, really hard. I mean, it was crazy stuff we did. Uh, a lot of work, you know, and I know Guru Gita is one of the one of the chants we did. There's several other ones, but um, we do a breath of fire in yoga where we breathe in and out like, I guess, like yeah. ended with a physical exercise at the same time yeah yeah and well, we don't do the physical exercise but they do say like don't worry about your snot that was the first thing we told us you know yeah. you're gonna have snot all over you it's just you just deal with it nobody's gonna be embarrassed because we all have snot coming out of our nose when yeah. we're doing this yeah so it was like 45 minutes of that you know but, yeah but during one of the meditations clear as day my eyes closed because my mind's eye really is active these days my third eye is all over the place usually like very very hot going and so i saw this little boy kind of skip up to me and he kind of got close to my ear and he said you know, I, i'm not going to whisper but it was like a whisper you've known i've known you a long long time hmm. and he, i just kind of thought what and he said everything is going to be okay then he said, looked around like it's talking about the room that I'm in and what I'm doing. Isn't this wonderful? And then poof. Uh, 
And I, I've never been the same since. I mean, and I was told that it was my inner child. I kind of thought it was God. And I'm beginning to realize what's the difference. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, really. Yeah. So, so there was that. Um, and when was I, that? That was last year. It's only been a year. And then there's another one they do. And some of this stuff, you know, one of the problems that happens when somebody sees these people coming from, because this guy went to India, but, you know, spent thousands of dollars to get there, took planes in places where planes don't go. I mean, you know, to this place where they teach this stuff to bring it to the West. You know, whether to, you know it's kind of like a world movement of enlightenment. And uh, so people get word of it. And so somebody says, oh, I'm a oneness blesser. I can teach you how to do it. You know, for this amount of money in two hours, you'll be a oneness. So that goes on right now. So that's one of the problems. I hate to say that because I don't want anybody to, sh- to shy away from it. But just kind of mentioning that is another reason why some of it's not broadcast openly. It's almost like find it instead, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. But the one is oneness is out there, but there's another one that's just basically a heart light, which is you call upon heaven and nirvana to come here now. I thought, what the hell? How do you do that? You know, but I mean, I'm telling you, my I feel every chakra on my entire body vibrates. When I first saw the oneness, I thought it was scary because people would laugh out loud and bliss and cry and go, oh! well, I did the heart light and here I am. Oh! I couldn't stop myself. The energy was that powerful. Huh. You know, so yeah, so you might may, may, maybe, maybe go ahead and call me certified, but <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, I'm watching all these people have all this energy that's just mind blowing. So, so I mean, it's just after that, that's kind of a point of no return, I guess. You know, um, now I'm not like that every day, but I'm just these weekends. I'm just trying to give some sense of what it's like. And yeah. it's good feeling. I mean, it's like bliss. You know, so I cry. I laugh hysterically when I'm doing this stuff now. And when I go to these, this last weekend, I did. Um, so anyway, so, yeah, Reiki. So I came across that. Uh, and actually what happened there, it was really kind of funny, was uh, my, somebody mentioned it to my wife at church that, hey, I just feel like you should do you should learn Reiki. Learn well, it. Yeah, I just like out of the blue intuitively felt like she should. And I was supposed to tell you that. Boom, and they're gone. So I'm like, you know, we do all this stuff together. I'm going to let her have this one. You know, I mean, seriously, she needs to have her own thing. We both do oneness. We both do this. We both do that. And um, but then I was like, I'm sorry, honey, but I'm told I got to do it. Sorry. And, you know, what she realizes, what a blessing it actually. You know, at first she was like, damn, you know, why does he have to do everything? Horning in on all my stuff. Yeah. Why is he doing that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I felt the same way. And then I realized how many marriages do both people do this? So actually, like, you know, there's a lot of these people doing this stuff. The spouse is like, eh, what are you doing? Not with us. Right. So that was a good thing. So I did that. I've done Ricky one and two. I've been told I can heal folks. I mean, I've been told by people like the last person I remember doing, I, I, they didn't tell me anything. So I just scanned their body and I focus on one of their knees. And sure enough, she was having severe knee problems. Hmm. Just, just know it because I can feel the energy differences. Yeah. You know, uh, and goes on and on. And one person, I saw the back convulse a little bit. I'm like, oh, what am I doing? And they had severe, it's like, it's like their muscles were like nodding all of a sudden just by touching her thing. Wow. And sure enough, she had severe back problems. She started arching and said her back was better. You know, so I'm thinking I need to keep doing this. Yeah. Definitely need to do this stuff. And so I am, you know, and, and, 
I mean, I don't know if you have time. I can do it now. And other times I do Reiki on people for free right now. And I'm not going to always do that. But I'm doing it now because I'm practicing. I'll be taking a master in the fall. I'll become a Reiki master. Very cool. So, so yeah. I do have time. Okay. Well, we'll do some Reiki if you want to then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we can do it on a couch, on a chair, whatever, you know, you want. Uh, but um, so I, that. that and that's another, one of the ones that's on the shelf for me. I know that's something I'm drawn to do, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're like, you there's this path thing, and that's everything. I have this patience in me today yeah. that I don't like have to do everything at once anymore. That was something I used to think that, you know, I had to, like, like rush into, like, right. almost like a scarcity kind of thing. Like yeah, grab yeah. Grab it all at once before it gets away. Yeah, yeah. And, and I no longer have that aura around me where I, you know, I can walk into things at the pace the universe wants me to walk into it. And when the time is right. I will know that yeah. it's, it's time to take that step. But it's one of my, actually, I'm anxious. It's kind of like I'm a thing interested. that's on the shelf that I'm like. Uh, uh, well, maybe somebody's I'm, telling you it's about time to think yeah. about that. I don't know. That's up to you. But, yeah. Um, well, mankind and Reiki are two things that are coming and poking their heads up right now See, from other yeah. angles, you know. And I believe in that Carl Jung, the synchronicity kind of thing, oh, yeah. you know. When, when I hear it over here, and then I come down the street, and, and then I hear it here. Yeah. And then I'm someplace unrelated to those places. Yeah. And I hear it again. Right, right, you know, right. Okay, I hear you. Uh, right, universe, right. Universe, I'm listening. So, yeah. yeah, those things are coming around, so I know they're you know, they're in my they're in my short list. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I mean, and and somebody in our group of friends has been talking about doing an attunement for some of us that are ready for it. So, you might, you know. Yep. Yeah, I've been you, talking you, to you. Him. You know about it? Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm like all these guys because then we then we can hang out like and do Reiki on each other, yeah. which would be amazing, you know, which is actually fun it sounds yeah. crazy but it is fun it's pretty yeah. cool i've had quite a bit of experience with it through happies because yeah. happy does uh and i'm not sure if he's operating it right now but for a while like once a month or so they had free reiki that you know you get like a 10 minute session or something was but the, the intent was to expose people that didn't have any experience with it to it yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you could come and sign up and and they had some reiki masters in there that would do some reiki on you for 10 15 minutes a person and, yeah and then you could also you know part of it was if you wanted to uh, explore it further you could get with one of the practitioners right to explore right. further on on a private level and uh and it really had great experiences with it every single time okay, you know? oh, yeah. i mean every single time oh, yeah. it's like uh and uh you know so i get that with you you know today and and certain people and i and i always feel funny about talking about it because when i feel like there's something like when i when i talk about it i feel like at some level i might be ex excluding other people but I've always had this thing when I get around certain people, when you were talking about like they touch the top of your head. Uh, I don't know if this is, you know, God bumps, uh, Kundalini mm -hmm. uh, is another term right. stuff. These, these, the hair standing up on the back of my neck in a good way, oh, yeah. not in a fearful type of, right. not in that, sometimes that's used in that way. But you know, I, I have those feelings with certain people and and that's one of the things that's changed with you that i didn't ever feel that before right and i've right. had and i'm you know it feels funny to talk about it frank don't it when you start talking about like like say the word that you're enlightened yeah uh, that's that's like that's hard uh, to come out you know and i don't know what is going on with me exactly but i have some energy pickup stuff that yeah. i didn't have at a certain time oh, or yeah. actually I didn't understand. Right. I should say, because I started thinking back, you know, when I was uh, in my late teens, I got a job at a place in, uh, in uh, making sheet metal stuff. They made sheet metal. They made ice and beverage, uh, ice and beverage dispensers. Okay. Yeah. So it was yeah. nothing, nothing. It was right, just a right. drafting kid right. out of high school. Right. But there was a tool and die maker there that I couldn't, I wanted to be close to him. Huh. He attracted me. Yeah. And he, it turned out that he was actually a preacher someplace. Huh. But. 
Like when he was gone from the office, right. I would sit in his chair. Wow. And yeah. feel energy from yeah. sitting in his chair and would be right. like kind of glued there. You know, I wouldn't want to move. I would get those tingles and that chilling and that right. kind of stuff. And then get the same thing when I was with him. So when I'd have the opportunity to get assigned to him, because yeah. I did drawings and stuff, and he'd need to, he'd a tool and die maker, he'd need drawings made right. for what he was oh, doing. Oh, yeah, you know? so, really? So I'd be working with him, you know. Yeah. So whenever I got the opportunity to work with him and during flies, wouldn't oh, you? Right. He, like, uh, he likes me, or she likes me. The, um, I'd get that feeling, you know. So that was the first one that really touched me, mm-hmm. you know, that I really can think back and remember that. And it scared me a little bit. Like it was an unhealthy attraction that made me, there were some things that I did that I had some, some things happen to me when I was a kid that made me question my sexuality and, and different things like that. So I was got to wondering, you know, I'm thinking whether if this was something unhealthy and didn't know what to do with it. Sure. You know, so then I traveled down this recovery path and I really can't think of anybody that really rang my bell like that Mm -hmm. until I got into recovery and I started bumping into guys in 12 steps that would give me those same feelings. Right. Some of the, one of the first guys that I ever, uh, his name was Rick. And one of the first guys I met him on the very first night that I came to a meeting with uh, a desire to stop drinking yeah you know, i've been right. to meetings before without that right, you know, right. court ordered and things like that uh but i will come into a meeting and this guy comes up and talks to me and instantly i felt that you know and i see and i feel it with with other with people and then like when we got a big group of guys together at times Ooh. there's an energy a build up of energy oh, in our yeah. circle that that you yeah. feel it you know of that yeah. uh, almost can almost like see like the cartoonish uh, electrons and protons and bouncing around and, and, and bouncing like, around yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. in energy stirring and so that's something to come back full circle on that that's something that i realize now with you that i either didn't pick up then or has changed yeah you know and i don't know i you know i'm by a long ways from being able to make any kind of no, judgment sure, on sure, that sure, yeah. but it has changed and that's a difference and it feels kind of funny to tell people that you know what i mean i still struggle oh, with explaining I, I it. it you know and so like i'm behind oh, a yeah. microphone saying it to whoever how many people are going to be listening to this and it and uh if it's real vulnerable is what it is yeah to to state that these well because energies it, and and picking up this stuff about people yeah, I, I think it, for me it is. It's just, it's it's a sign of ego because you know we stereotype and judge ourselves and others, and so I I always stereotyped and judge people who talked about this stuff and did this stuff, believe this stuff, and now that I'm one of them, you know I sometimes my ego steps in and says, don't embarrass yourself. Yeah. These people are going to think you're crazy. Yeah, and that's what I said when I talked about. That's exactly about the way I'm saying yeah. to myself. That's exactly what I'm saying to myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean oneness. When I when I made that sound, I'm like, oh my god, people hear me. They're going to think it's some kind of a holy roller, crazy, whatever. But it happened to me, so I'm sorry. You know, it is what it is, and I'll say it, and whoever needs to hear it will, and maybe the rest will think I'm crazy, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the other thing we say around here is we speak from our own experience, right? Exactly. And, you, know, you can't take my experience away from me. Yeah. This yeah. is my experience. Right, you know, right, right. Believe it, disbelieve it, sure. whatever, think I'm crazy, do what you need to do. Right, uh, right. But this, uh, this is really my experience, and, 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 and I know it to be true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, so it's funny. You think of a guy that was raised Catholic, became agnostic, right? Um, there's one more thing too. Is sitting here doing all this stuff. It just and, and thought this stuff was so stupid. You know, all about science, 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 and they really don't. They're not. They're actually the same thing. Science is also not exclusive from spirituality, but I thought that it was, and um, would only let a doctor do healing. You know, this energy stuff was stupid. Um, so one other, one other thing that we did was we went to a thing called a Akashic, Akashic Records two day thing 
which is a whole other area, you know, that came kind of came to me. That's and it's it's uh, to make it less freaky and, or maybe more freaky. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how you look at it. But Edgar Casey, we know there's the same idea of the consciousness like expanding in the world right now. Edgar Casey did this. He when he I don't know if you know his story or he, I've heard the name I don't yeah, know why yeah he he's a guy that like he was dying and they you know the doctor told the family just an hour or two and he was up in his room and he gets out of his and all of a sudden he walks out of his room totally healthy it's all illness gone and he he said he went into a trance he doesn't understand he went into a trance well he he managed to get this trance again and again and would say all this stuff about metaphysical stuff and could also tell you what's wrong with your body and what needs to be done about it and so it got to where he was getting letters from all over the world and physicians were calling him or, or contacting him because they had a patient they couldn't they you know they've tried everything they can do and they cannot figure out what's causing the symptom he would tell them what it was you know and i remember one time reading about like one case where there was a abnormal abnormal uh whatever abnormality you know there was an abnormality in somebody's stomach or something going on that he told him where it was what it was and how to remove it wow and he was accepted by the ama so but now you know now what they, they do is they have it there's an attunement same thing like reiki you have this attunement and then there's different things you go through in training and and uh, a vibrational prayer you know i read a very specific popular book on it so now i, I actually can sit there and the kashic records are referred in the bible as a book of life and it's basically a vibrational field at a very, very high level where all the information about every soul is always recorded there. So you can, you know, I mean, and it's crazy sounding. I mean, you look at got these people called the Lords of the Masters who put this through your guides, put it through your guides on down to where you, where, you know, if a person will ask a, a legitimately, you know, not like, well, I'll make a million dollars, but, or, you know, am I good at this? But a legitimate question, and you can... I get mental images in my mind, okay? And just to make it as an example, the first person I practiced on in this class was a teacher, and I saw an easel. So my interpretation was off. I'm like, oh, I think you must be using an easel in your classroom or something to do with an easel, but it's a small one and sitting up. She said, you know, I used to draw years ago, and just like a month ago, I decided I may want to get out my easel again and put it in my basement. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that or not. See, so I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. And I see that all the time. So I, like, I get convinced that it's real. But I just say that because that's one of the other things I do that I never, ever would have in a million years imagined, you know, that I, I would say enlightened, talk about energy, crystals. Yeah. And now it's like commonplace for me. Yeah. So, and I guess that's kind of where, where I'm at. You know, I, I also am looking at doing some things differently with my uh, uh, mode of living. I'm definitely heading in that direction more and more. And, you know, more about that later. I've kept that energy protected. Yeah. So I, I don't, I still don't talk about it even though I'm about ready to. I can understand that. But I, but I don't yet. Yeah. Um, but it's all down the same line, you know. Very cool. Yeah. But I still can't That's drink like, today. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even, uh, man, it's not even on the table. The more and more I feel this other thing going on with me, the less and less that that's even even in the realm because I know it it'd be just like the you know I think that like if, let's say this table had all these crystals and everything on it yeah I think that I can jerk the tablecloth and everything will stay okay 
and taking the drink is jerking the tablecloth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. my mind will kind of somewhat still tell me that that's sure there, but I really know, I know, I know oh, yeah. that I can't. Oh yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't jerk the tablecloth out without upsetting the entire apple cart. And uh, we were talking earlier. You know, there's just things going on in my life that I can't explain any other way. You know, right. the fact that I get to do this, right. the retreats, oh, yeah. the way that I'm walking down this path on a career and, and the, yeah. the changing uh, the guard there and and the other cool things that are going on. Uh, I just like I like that. Mark Houston says, I smell more. Right. And I know there's more around the corner. Right. Right. And, and, right. and I also know how to and I've watched some people. You know, I've, I shared this in one of these podcasts, one of these ones where I just did a monologue and it caught me. But uh we get to watch these people recover and do place principles and start exploring different new things. Right. You know, and I love it when like we were on the group the other day and they're going, So what's up with those crystals? You know, and you're kinda of like, That's just a seed, you know, just kinda of going Yep. You know, yeah. Whether they're ready or not, if they ever will, whatever. Right, but right, that kinda of tickles right. me because 'cause I'm going, I remember being there too, man. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh and you see you doing that and you watch these people getting this, like you said, through this rigorous practice of this getting somewhere very quickly, right? I mean, they're not, they're getting a lot of recovery. They're changing their whole, oh, they're amazing. transforming, you know, such a quick, so quickly, you know, that it's just super cool. But the flip side of that is, man, you can unflip that fast. just as fast. Oh, yeah. Just every bit as fast, man, and maybe faster. And it's, it's important. Um, that's why I said that it's important to say, you know, that. And also that, you know, concluding the story with, and now I've made it. Because I've never made it. Yeah, right. I'm never going to make it. And I, I see that. Um, that's where I, I think that term enlightenment can look like, a, to some people, can look like a finish line. And that's not, not, I know that's not what you're saying. No. It, it, it means, you're, for me, it means an awareness and a path that I'm on. It doesn't mean I'm even far along the path. It just means that it's, that's what's happening. Spirituality, awareness is what's happening to me right. now. That's yeah, all that's I mean That's an action, not a... Not a Period. Right, and it's kind of a sense that you should be doing that. It's part of the other part. Um, what was I going to? I was going to say another. Oh yeah, one of the couple of the coincidences, and I'm I'm thinking I'm ready to wrap it up because it's but, but yeah, we're at an hour and forty nine minutes. Wow, yeah, I it goes it, fast. Yeah, I try right. to keep them under two hours, so this is about right, and yeah. it seems to be what happens lately is that someplace between an hour and a half and two hours is where where people land, and right. that's also the size of the file yeah. that uploads easy, and I think a two hour, you know. Yeah. I think that's, it seems to be about right because that's what keeps happening. Wow. Well. And uh, I do, I like to actually ask that. So one of the things I kind of like to do is say, okay, if you, we are kind of getting there, if you have any concluding thoughts. Uh, just, just what's come to mind that I better say because it did pop in. And uh, one of them was at the oneness thing, you know, about my career change. You know, I was selling insurance, you know, and it, it just spiritually didn't feel like anything. And I just knew I couldn't do it. When I decided I couldn't do it, I couldn't, I, like, I was doing the same job. And, like, I could give you a free policy of a million-dollar life policy. And you'd say, no. I mean, it's like the universe said, yeah, you're, you're done. And so I went from being good at it to sucking at it overnight. And also, I just knew I was done. So I just quit my job. I didn't even, you know, like, say, hey, I need to plan ahead. And so I was at this one is blessing and we're supposed to set an intention. And I was like, I need something to show me I'm doing this right and to make this possible for me to just explore for a while. That was what I want. So we get done with it that night and I turn my phone back on. There's a phone message, of course, happened about that time, really. And some 
this woman, this insurance agent, um, had a desperate situation come up. She doesn't want an employee. She just needs somebody that can freelance off and on for her. And she didn't even think of me, but she called somebody else my old boss. He said, well, call Frank. Mm. And it, that's not a coincidence. Right. You know, yeah. that, that, that means Frank gets the freedom. He can earn money working for a couple of different people without being all caught up in it. This is what we give you, you know, yeah. so. And I, I always, I, I, when I talked about Hannah and that period of time when I was dying and all of that, I, I always like to tell the story of a dream that I had the night before Hannah did her intervention, set it up. And it was my wife, you know, it was my second wife, Lee, and she was saying, you know, hey, um, we, we, uh, I'm sorry. What? Okay, so she she was you know she was trying to communicate to me. She was in the dream trying to communicate, and she made it clear I'm not spiritually around the veil the right way yet, where I can tell you what I have to tell you. But it's important. If you need to listen to me, I'm going to tell Hannah. Hannah will tell you. And the next day, intervention. Yeah, really cool. I've heard that before. Yeah. That is super cool. It gives yeah. me chills. That just popped in my head, so I thought maybe I'll finish with that one. Yeah, that is a great, uh, yeah. a great, great, great concluder, man. Yeah, that gives me chills, no yeah. doubt. Stuff happens. It does. And yeah. you know, and uh, one of the cool things that I get to tell guys when they walk around, and I bump in, get these opportunities to bump into guys, and uh, they're looking for something. I call them seekers. Sure. They're looking. They're looking. Whether if it's looking to get sober, it's looking for some. They're looking. Right. And uh, for a new way, they're looking for some better in their life. Right. You know, and uh, I tell my story. You know, which is uh frankly fairly amazing but i can go i've heard it but it hey is. man uh if you don't come with me because i'll show you another bunch of guys that have inc- the yeah. same kind right of uh, you know i'm not unique here i'm not putting myself I know, man uh, i can here let me introduce you to more of these guys that have this happening in their lives you right know, one of them you know that you get to share this stuff and have a have a very uh it also seems to be a a group that has a really uh gifted way of communicating it too in much different ways yeah. you know but, but it's impactful when it, you hear the stories you know and then and, and people are able to deliver their verbally deliver their story in a way that really lands all with people you know you hear it. that's what people feel when they come to our group on yeah, Tuesday nights is, and, yeah. and the same thing now on Thursdays and the people that we're sharing oh, yeah. you know it's just oh, yeah. it's impactful stories that that, that some, land yeah. with people and impact them it's amazing it really uh, is and, amazing and it, I mean, it does kind of like our of second step thing man it begins to allow people to start to come and to believe that it can happen for them too right exactly yeah and it you know and I, I You'll agree. I, I have seen more people just like transform in ways that you wouldn't think would be humanly possible. It yeah. really, you don't, I don't sometimes, I freak myself out sometimes thinking how the hell do these people come and become these other people? Yeah. Over, I mean, it happens a lot. Yep. And I, I don't know what it is, how we, we have a way of communicating with each other somehow or another. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the words that come is, uh, from, the, from the big book, it's a huge rearrangements and displacements. Yes. I mean, it's just like yeah. completely people transform they're not the same yeah in a good way cool. yeah yeah right yeah well thank you for coming in here man and sharing your story today we're just under two hours so that actually works out perfect every time right. i don't know how and then once i put on some music on the front and back end of it it ends up landing exactly <laughs> right. where we need it to be uh, i'll do real quick to remind you to come to uh, spiritualunderground.org uh show notes pictures uh and a contact me page uh amazon t- 
12-step spiritual recovery by James Christopher Cohn. The 12 steps for everyone opens the gates that, uh, to get that also is inside of that is this, um, rigorous way of doing these steps that uh, helped me get to where I'm at today. Um, and the music, don't forget Darren Frank. It's, uh, his, his music's wrapped around this podcast and I will invite anybody. I'm going to, I've done this a couple of times is that if you're in recovery and you have music that you think would fit this podcast, I would love to, uh, to put it on here and give you the musical credit for it too, obviously. So, uh, anything, uh, that direction is, is welcome. And you can do that on that contact me page on spiritualunderground.org. Um, thank you all for listening. It's just a pleasure. It's a gift that I get to do here. This, uh, receiving this gift of being able to participate in my recovery in ways that, uh, I would have never believed <laughs> were possible. Peace out.